What's up, guys? Doug Miller here with another episode of Ball Status. That's right. We are on location today at Core HQ for a very special episode of Boss Status, where we talk about the business of health and the health of business. I'm joined by. Oh, that's Me? a cue. That's like. Oh, uh, so you're not going to introduce? Just, uh, my name is Patrick Mabe, Meaty Thighs. I am the sales director for Core Nutritionals America Labs. And David Dodrell. I'm the sales manager for Arms Race Nutrition. And then we have the cuck. Carl A. Frady, the motherfucking third power. And I'm a real leader. <laughs> he is the general manager of our nutrition corners. So we're out here today. It's a beautiful day. It's about 87 degrees here in Statesville, North Carolina. And we decided we needed to smoke a cigar. I'm smoking a little Padron. I'm trying to get that sponsorship. Just the Padron. That's a good a Padron, a 1926 series. You're gonna be a level five leader. This is a that. number 90. I had the the lighter wrapper, more of the Connecticut of this, and it was amazing. And I'm a darker cigar smoker, anyways. Is that a square? So cut? this is gonna be no. It's just it a almost tra- looks like traditional. It. So I'm pretty excited about this. This is a special cigar, and these boys have some Cubans. Cubans. Good friend Langston hooked us up. So. I got to preface this uh, podcast today that this is a very selfish podcast. Hold on, hold on. Oh, wait, we, we need to pop the top. Yes, we do. Let's get in. Thank you, our sponsors, America Energy. And, of course, we got the victory flavor going on today, which is our cream soda flavor. We need to be drinking this with a cigar because I'm telling you guys, if, you haven't had, if you're a cigar smoker and you haven't had America <sighs> Energy victory with a cigar, you're missing out. I think this is the first podcast I did that correctly. Yeah, you did usually do some like fruity flavor. It's just Dude, not the same. Bomb, bomb. It's not amazing. No, it's usually that like no, he I usually open, pops his top yeah, too. Mm-hmm. I pop my top bomb, too early. Bomb. Yeah, you usually too. Yeah. And just ignore Carl throughout this episode because <laughs> there's some stuff going on over on that side of the table. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm not really sure what's going on. We got Aaron over here with a freaking umbrella. He looks like Lady Poppins. And then we got <laughs> Lady Dave. Poppins. I don't know what the f- Dave's doing over here, but he's just standing he's with a cigar here. over here. He's. <laughs> Aaron screaming at the bees. Anyways, all right, back to what I was saying. We're going to squirrel a lot on this episode. It's probably going to be a long episode, so hope you have a long session of cardio or really have nothing better to do. Um, but this is a, self, a selfish podcast, and what I mean by that is we wanted to memorialize our story. So episode one of Boss Status, we went through our 12 core values, and we actually used that uh podcast as a requirement for new people that come on board the nutrition corners and really all the brands that they need to watch that podcast so they understand where we're coming from and our culture and uh, the stories behind uh, those 12 core values. So if you haven't watched that, go back to the first episode um, and listen to that. Now, in this episode, we are going to be memorializing our origin story. So that is literally, I have talked, shared my story a lot on different podcasts. Uh, so to me, this is kind of boring, but uh, to others, hopefully it might not be. And it's important for our company. And one of the things that I know Carl's big on and that we're all big on here um, is having people that are the keepers of your brand story, right? And, you know, people will come and go. And it's important that. Uh, a good chunk of your people actually know everything about your company, where it came from, why it started, the why of your company, why it started. Um, and that's an important story that needs to be passed along. I'm not going to be here all the time. And I hope we're building a great enough company that 
it'll exist long past me. Um, or not to be so morbid, but not that I'm going to necessarily die, but to a point where people might not even know Doug Miller and still be very much involved in the companies. That makes sense. So there is a point in time in the distant future where that, that will happen. So it's important that we memorialize the story. We might have to film this every couple of years because the story changes. This could be boring. This could be repeat, or it could be very interesting to you. That's the preface of this. So we are going to talk about my background, where I come from, why I started the brands, where each of these gentlemen come into that story. So in the beginning, it's probably going to be me talking a lot, and they're just going to be sitting here getting high on their cigars. And, and, the and finer, finer things of life. I mean, it's really nice under this nice corn nutritionals tent. Good call on the tent, bro. Yeah, it was definitely because it, it would, would suck in the sun. Right it now. would be nice if we had Skirkadirk, you know, fanning us with we, a big uh, palm a leaf? leaf. We could probably make that happen. <laughs> That'd be great. It's a big tobacco leaf. Do we have a big leaf? No. It would be funny, and then you cut over, and it's like a little like leaf off of a tree, but <laughs> you know, from those memes of the little people. <laughs> Like you then pick it off of the ground and it's like a leaf. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. We're getting canceled. Yeah. We're getting canceled. All right. So do you guys have anything else you want to add before that? Or did I do a decent job on the preface? No, I think you did a great job. I think you're going to go into more of the importance of a story. I know you kind of talked about it a little bit, but are you, you just going to Well, like right Carl. In? Carl can talk about that. I mean, the importance of the story is that so people understand the why of your company, the story, an origin story will really tell the story of the why. Yeah. And the kind of, the core values will come out in that story. And the importance of the why, it can't be underscored enough. Yeah. The why is huge. I mean, so, so definitely talking with the, the new employees at the Nutrition Corners, it's anybody can utilize our, our, our systems that, that we have in play from, you know, the point of sale or they can buy the same shelves. They can have access to the same supplements, you know, so why are we you know, what I like to say uniquely different. And that's the story that goes into it. Um, Cause that's what you can't put into uh, an employee manual cookie cutter and so on and so forth. And once you get past the gayness, it's all smooth, smooth. <laughs> I'm not sure we can put that on the podcast, but you just you, did. I think you might have to, it's actually, you might have to edit, edit, edit out that. Uh, it's actually core value number 13. <laughs> yeah, we just haven't published it yet. All right. So, I'm going to make it sure that you guys jump in and tell me when I miss something or tell me when to move on or whatnot. So my story, uh, I'll try to go through this as fast as possible and get into the good stuff. So hey, make sure you uh, leave out that infamous or don't leave out that infamous art article at uh, Penn State. Mm. I think that's part of the story. Okay. Oh, I thought you were talking about how you guys met with the... All that. Oh, I, I thought we were going to talk about when Carl did gay for pay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is a part of the story. That no. is a podcast for make good decisions. We will, hashtag we, swim trunks, right, team? Right. Yes. All right. right team. Look at you two standing over there. That is hilarious. I wish you guys could see Mary Poppins and uh, <laughs> I don't know who the other sidekick is over there. All right. So, uh, grew up in Pennsylvania. Uh was always an athlete, um, became somewhat of a nerd, uh, graduated pretty high in my class, um, and really loved the sciences. Uh, I played a lot of sports. I swam, I played baseball, I played soccer, pretty much was training year round. Uh, but when I went to um, move on to college, I was not big enough. I didn't have the size to play those sports at a D1 school. I was recruited for, by some smaller uh, D3 schools and stuff, but it, I, I knew it wasn't going to pay my bills, and I, I just knew it wasn't the right decision. So I made the decision 
to go to Penn State's honors program, uh, pretty much had a, a full ride to go there, so it was kind of a no-brainer. I studied biochemistry and molecular biology. That was like my primary major. And then I studied economics and did my honors thesis in economics. So I had a double major. I was able to do that because of some accelerated stuff I did in high school. Um, when I went to college, I really focused on the academics. Um, it became an obsession for me. Um, the first semester I got all A's. So I was like, man, I'm going to get this every semester. So Eight semesters in a row, I got all A's. I graduated with a 4.0, um, was number one in my class at Penn State. Um, and that was a huge accomplishment in my life. That was, that was a lot of sacrifice. People don't realize how much sacrifice I had. I limited myself to partying one day a week. Can you believe that? At Penn State, I limited myself. So even maybe some of my roommates will listen to this podcast. But, um, you know, I would literally, we'd be throwing keggers you know, in our apartment where we had five dudes living in a two bedroom and like literally keggers. And I remember like, uh, DMX playing in the other room and I would lock myself in my room and study. So like there was, it was it be, definitely became an obsession for me, but at college, I, since I stopped playing competitive sports, uh, besides some rec league stuff, um, I needed a physical outlet because I was used to training year round for those sports. So that's where my freshman year, a buddy on my hall got me into working out. I remember going to GNC, the BOGO 50 on those big Optimum Nutrition Pro Complex, walked out with my bags. I was ready to go. Got that vanilla flavor. Have one <laughs> scoop after my workout. I was getting jacked. Not really. But um, I did learn a lot. I spent, Ooh, this, is, this is back in 1998 when the internet was, shoot, just starting. And so I did all the research myself. Every minute that I wasn't, working uh towards my the grades i was really researching bodybuilding and it became another obsession to some extent because i don't do really anything in moderation um and just became obsessed with trying to learn to get bigger right i did everything wrong my freshman year i just wasn't eating and then i just a light clicked on me and be like i'm working harder than anyone in the gym but i'm still 130 pounds soaking wet what the, i mean i was shredded like i was i was definitely shredded <laughs> You know, and he was still a virgin. And still a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Damn again. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. Um, and, but so the summer after my freshman year, I started eating boxes of cereal every night and just training hard and just basically getting more calories in. And I grew, I gained about 30 pounds over that freshman that summer of freshman year, it was crazy. Everyone thought I, when I came back a sophomore year, people definitely thought I was on steroids. It was really funny. Like I was like, I didn't even know what steroids were. I, I still was, I was reading those MD magazines and I thought everyone, like, I didn't know what steroids were. I just, there's steroids and cinnamon toast crunch. What? That's what they're thinking. Cause all you did was eat cereal. That could be. <laughs> it was definitely, it was, this is so vanilla. <laughs> this is, I had, it was Raisin Bran Crunch was my favorite. Is that oh, this so is great. I love it. It wasn't even fun. That was totally, <laughs> I like Raisin That was Bran. totally missionary Bran. with the socks on. <laughs> I love um, Raisin Bran. Raisin Bran Crunch. Do you remember the little nuggets yeah, yeah, in the it? Little, like the coated raisins, right? No, it's little, uh, like granola clusters in there with the raisins. Well, what was the one with the, oh, that's, I don't know what Covered raisins. I know what you're saying. But they they had the, um, they were dipped yogurt. in yogurt. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was, mine was honeycomb mixed with corn pops. Okay. Mix the two together. Okay, I see that. that, was, that was I, I didn't. I didn't really care. I would eat anything, and so I became. I I got really into that. I graduated uh, school, and I went to went on to become an economic litigation consultant. 
I started with a company in DC. I was probably the 25th employee around there. I was one of their first interns the summer after my junior year. Then I went back to work for them right after school. Literally, I graduated and they're like, I need you to start tomorrow. And we went down there and I started working 80 hour weeks right off the rip. I remember we were doing, we were working on a case that involved price fixing in the vitamin industry, which is really funny. So um, I actually did my honors thesis in that. Um, and it was vitamins, which I eventually got into later on in the supplement side of things. So it was like right up my alley. Um, the company was called Bates White. Uh, they're a great firm. I know when I left 13 years later, they had about 100, close to 200 employees and were doing like 70 some million a year. So it was really cool to go from a startup that was about a year old when I started to like one of the top consulting firms in the industry. Uh, and so I got to see that growth. I was involved in all the recruiting aspects. Like we literally would write the interview questions. We'd go on campus and recruit. You know, I'm like 23 years old and was now a manager at that company. And um, we were in charge of like recruiting at these Ivy League schools. And we would ask the dumbest questions just because we could. We'd like, give us 10 ways that you could utilize this uh, uh, paperclip. And we'd have to see how like creative they are, how they think through things, just really dumb stuff. One kid I'll never forget in this interview, now I'm digressing, was like, man, I'd love to stick it in the socket over there and electrocute myself. <laughs> I like, Can you get hired? I was like, I, I, don't, I don't remember <laughs> if we gave him an offer or not. But What an idiot. Mm -hmm. I don't know, that's pretty creative. But anyways, yeah. so I was very much involved in a lot of different processes of that growing consulting firm. Um, and at the same time, you know, I continued my passion for bodybuilding. Uh, I was about 22 years old, living in Silver Spring, Maryland, and I was talked into a local uh, competition, basically. I, I lifted at a, a gym in Silver Spring where it was really like me and my buddy were the only two white guys there. And uh, it was actually a really cool experience. You know, like we had good fun with them, like, but they brought us in, like, into the, the wing. Like, I, I joke, they were literally like my brothers. You know what I mean? Like became Iron Brothers, and it was such a good brotherhood there. Um, and to this day, like some of my, you know, closest bodybuilding friends, like I still keep in touch with Butch. You guys have met Butch at a Christmas yeah, party. He's yeah. like 78 years old. He's flying around the world. He's still bodybuilding. And I owe a lot to those guys because they, they forced me. They, you know, they, hey, little white boy, come on, get on stage. You stage, you're ripped. You know, it was, it was great. It was, it was, I, I learned a lot in that. Um, and it was, a, it was a great learning period for me because I was just some like sheltered, you know, kid who was just used to studying in his dorm. And I, you know, I learned a lot through that process and they helped me. And, um, I placed first at my novice show and I did everything wrong. Dieted for eight weeks, did everything wrong. I had wine backstage. I almost passed out. Um, I took glycerol. I dropped my sodium like eight weeks out. It was a really good idea. You know, a potassium load. It did. It was, I did everything wrong. So anyways, I won my first bodybuilding show. I went on to win, uh, compete again the following year, won the open class, got my pro card. Following year, I competed as a pro. I got second in my first pro show to Philip Ricardo. And at this point in time, I was pretty much hooked. I'm about 25 years old. Um, and at the time, I was working these 80-hour weeks. Literally, we'd work 80 hours. Like, I'd work an eight-hour, sh not shift, but I'd work eight hours. I'd go to the gym, and then I'd come back and work again, like another eight hours. And I'd just do that on repeat. Um, and during that time I was e eating the EAS myoplex packets, you know, maltodextrin shout out Bill Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of fillers, uh, and all sorts Still of love stuff. You, Bill. Right. Um, and that's what I ate as like, 
my afternoon meal. And I was like, man, there, there could definitely be a better way to do this. So myself, and at the time I had a partner, uh, we each put in $10,000 and we started Core Nutritionals. Paid somebody to do the logo online. Uh, you know, bought the, got the LLC and, you know, did all that formal process. And uh, we, our accounting was like an Excel spreadsheet. You know, we didn't really know what the heck we were doing. And we made Core MRP, which is a slow digesting, carbohydrate-based uh, meal replacement with a good blend of protein. Ordered a thousand units, and uh, I put five hundred units in the basement of James Karen's Cape Cod Nutrition Corner, and I put five hundred units in the back of a salon in Pittsburgh. This is a true story, and sure enough, the the woman in Pittsburgh sold all five hundred units to people coming in to get their hair done or whatever. Uh, that was a contact through my partner, and uh, never paid us, never paid a dime. So. Half of that money was just gone, okay? So that was the first run, half of it was gone. And the other half slowly sold out of James, did the fulfillment there. So this is back in 2005 is when we first launched. January 2005, I think, is when we had our first product on the market. I got to make sure this thing stays lit. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Mm. Shout out to the Godfather. So we are... Now, 2005, uh, lost half our money. Um, my business partner doesn't want to get involved in this any further. And so I was like, all right, I'll just buy you out. So I bought him out. We have about a $20,000 investment in. Um, and then we, I just kept on putting every dollar back in. I had a really good job, so I didn't have to take money out. Started creating other products. Next product, I believe, was Core PWO. So that's our post-workout at the time. Now it's Core Post. Because um, I was tired of mixing powders myself. And we founded the company on a couple principles that stay with us till today. Those are no oh, uh-huh. no fellas. proprietary blends. No proprietary blends. <laughs> yeah. No art- oh my god. No artificial fillers. Yeah. No artificial colors. Yep. Efficacious doses. Dosages. Mm-hmm. Full. Tra- well, that's it. Yeah. Full transparency. Dave, I really need another lighter here. And I, I'd like to throw one in there. Can you, that- can you find one? That Somewhere. I think will or ring special after people listen to this story, and especially the staff, is that the products were always created for us and not for the market. Right. They were, they were around what I wanted to use, and if other people wanted to use them too, great. Cool. Um, I then went on to do well in natural bodybuilding. I won uh, the World Championship, the Yorn Cup Pro World Championship in 2009. Uh, came back and won it again in 2014, won a bunch of, sh- a bunch of shows. And uh, it was really around that time, um, actually before I won the shows in 2014, which was, I took a five-year layoff on stage just really to, to live my life, right? To, to focus on my work, which was consulting at the time, to focus on actually building the brand on the side, like I was starting to do that on the side. Um, uh, we opened a nutrition corner store in 2010, uh, and that store was open at kind of the same reason why we opened we started the the brands because um, I didn't like the retail experience people were getting. And so we thought we could do it better. So we opened up Arlington Nutrition Corner in 2010 where they could get a bigger range of products, a better uh, service, a better knowledge from the people. And every day, like nobody's going to beat our price. Um, And that was the first store. And that was in 2010. So there you have the why of Core Nutritionals, which was to create products that was fully transparent products that you wanted to use. Yeah. And uh, the why of the nutrition corners, which was 
to create a better retail experience than what was out there on the market, which was mostly at that time uh, corporate-based retail stores. Yep. That's where we're at. See, that, that's ingenuity right there. This doesn't have a lighter, but I use a gun to... <laughs> Figuring it out. <laughs> pew, pew. We got a shirt. All right, so... <coughs> oh, man. 2014... When I really kind of came on the scene, this is when social media is starting, right? I posted a couple pictures on Instagram and got like 10,000 followers. Shut the internet down. Uh, pretty quickly. You know, I got a lot of the, you know, half natty or not natty, you know, comments. Everyone thought I was on steroids and all that. Uh, it was kind of crazy. And at that point in time, we were going through a rebrand. If you remember, the first core products were this ugly white. It looks like I printed it on my... Uh, I don't know if Aaron, if you can put it up in the YouTube here, this old, like, this was like the first tub of core MRP. I mean, it looks like it was printed on a home printer. And then it got a little bit better. I was actually using one of the graphics guys at Bates White to adjust some labels for me. So we came up with something a little better. And then. Did you pay him in product or? No, that was. <laughs> no, it was like $500 and I was about to die when he told me how much it was. <laughs> it was like, I was like, bro. I was like. Where, I'm, how am I going to pay for that? Like, that's the company doesn't have that money. So um, t this is when we went to the black tubs that we had up until about 2020 when we did our, our current rebrand. Yeah. So from 2014 to 2020, we had that. So about five, six years. And I remember because I was at the York, I was at the Cape Cod right before the York Cup, and I was having samples of the labels delivered to me at my hotel getting ready to compete. Um and they were sending me samples for approval. It was Corburn was our first product in that Corburn powder. Corburn Ultra. Ultra. Yes, and it was in like a blueberry iced tea and or like a raspberry iced tea or something like that. I yeah, it was tea flavors. Tea flavors. A peach. And so those peach. were the first labels, and I remember approving them during that competition season. And then, you know, that was right at a period of time when, in, you know, that was right after 2013, after working for 12 years for Bates White, was when the brands were doing well enough that I was like, we could live on this. I cut the golden handcuffs. I mean, like I had a great job. Like I was making a ton of money. I was, shoot, I was probably making $200,000 a year on our good years with bonuses. Like, and I was young and like back then, that was a ton of money, right? Like, but I just used it to put in the business. So I didn't really, you know, like I just, I've used that for investment into the business. Um, and we had insurance and all of that. And I just said, you know what? This is not what I'm passionate about. Great people. I still really um, look up to a lot of the people that work there. Um, super smart, just wasn't my passion. So I went all in in 2013. It was kind of a funny story because my wife came to me. Stephanie said, I'm pregnant. And I said, okay. And then like the next day or next week, I quit my job. And started a prep. And started a prep. I was like, <laughs> I'm, one last hurrah. I did. I started a prep and quit my job. And the rest is history, pretty much. Um, and I, well, I just knew like I couldn't, I couldn't sustain working there. I mean, the, it could be up to 100 hours a week sometime, plus the 50 hours a week I was working on my side hustle, which is at this time the nutrition store, right? And then it was the core nutritionals. So I didn't know like how could I do this and be a father? Yeah, couldn't, right? And then I was like, my son was born in 2015 February, and I was like, Steph, I'm starting to prep because I knew that like. In the next six months, you know, he's going to be on your teat, not my teat, right? 2014. So, 2014. So I quit in July of 2013. Yeah. Steph uh, then had the kid, in uh, the kid, Jackson, <laughs> in February 2014, and then I started my prep. Got it. And then, yeah. So 
And then after that prep, things really took off. I was doing coaching on the side at the time too. And then after that prep, like, dude, I had so many clients. I had to swat them. Like I couldn't, I was like, it was crazy. Uh, I currently don't take on new clients because it's just, my passion is the supplement side. Um, and at probably about four years ago, I had to say, listen, I can't do this coaching anymore. And again, it was a time where I was like, I had to give up all the extra cash that you would get through that because this was my passion. Um, all the stuff that we're doing. So right so, after the so pause, just real yeah. quick. So, you know, to, to the team, but also to, to those that are out there that, that we have yet to meet that are going to be a part of this team. When these core values were created, it wasn't just talking about what we wanted to see out of our company and out of the people. It, those core values were created because of the life that we actually live. And everyone has their own take risk, but that's a take risk right there from the owner of the company. And we've got other people on the team that have won this challenge coin for take risk and they're amazing stories. But those, those core values come from us because we actually live it. And that's what makes it so awesome. Yeah. I mean, and it was, uh, and you know, we harp a lot on some of our nutrition corner managers and sometimes even people here where like they're complaining over a 50 hour week work week, like. You can't do anything great in 40 hours. You can't do anything great. In and I'm not, thank you. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that it's just quantity that matters, but you have to kind of become relentless. Like you can't turn off your brain, right? Like it's, you have to find something that you're passionate about so that when you're literally living at 80 plus hours a week, it doesn't feel like work. And that's why sometimes it's frustrating for us when we see some younger people that oh, I just can't get my hours in. You know, 40 hours, I'm like just burnt. Especially those people that you see a ton of potential in. Totally. Right? And we're like, hard on those people. That's right. the part that hurts because you see so much. Right. You know, it's like, dude, if you would just, you know, but yeah, it's hard not to take it personal. <laughs> and some of that is we need to do a better job. And one of our jobs as leaders is to continue to tell this story. Oh, that went right up my nose. Continue to tell the story, but also give them the vision. And we try to do that every manager meeting, right? We try to do that. Give them the vision of what's to come, right? Um, give them the vision of the castle that we're going to eventually build. Like this is phase one of our castle, right? We talked about this for years, owning our own building and doing our own stuff and having our own flamethrower and all the dumb stuff we do, right? Like, that's just V1. Like, that's we're right. just getting started. Like, the things that we're talking about are just way beyond that. Wait till we get a tank. Yeah. Shit. So, um, where was I? All right, so I quit my job, started winning, and winning these competitions, and the brand really started taking off. I had one store, and that is really when Carl comes into play. Because after I quit my job in July of 2013, Carl who was working at One Life. I'll let you tell the story, but he was pimping core out of the back. He was one of my best retailers. He was selling like 40 grand a year out of the trunk of his car. Uh, and he would literally buy from me. And yeah, so you want, we want to tell a little your, little your story and how you came into the company with uh, the Newport News Nutrition Corner, which was 2013, which was our second store. Word. Um, so yeah, so I met Doug back in 08 uh, at at an actual bodybuilding show. Um, day of the show, I was still probably 20 weeks out, uh, walking around in a t-shirt. We actually have- No, cut off, it was a cut off t-shirt. Cut off tee. You, Aaron, you're gonna get the pick. <laughs> Ding! 
And um, but yeah, I met Doug. Uh, I'd seen him in a magazine, and um, so met him. And it was definitely surreal because well, his pants were not on. Just to be clear here, if just in case this picture doesn't make its way up here for the people who are listening on some of other platform that doesn't have video, he doesn't have his pants on. He's got a banana hammock and a sleeveless cutoff shirt, and he looks like he's twenty weeks out, but he's competing. And he comes up to me, Mr. Miller. <laughs> I said, Are you Doug Miller? Because he's not totally shredded, and he actually has hair. Uh, and I want to say he had some facial hair too. No, um, I was completely bald. No hair. That's right. Was I was in my like completely bald phase. Yeah. So it was like it was it was Cargo definitely pants, surreal. Right? Cargo shorts. You know, and, and so again, we didn't have the internet, so I didn't see anything internet. It was all magazines, like you said. You know, the, the muscle and fitness, the MDs, and all that kind of stuff. And so you're you're seeing this this guy who's natural and looks as good as he does. And so when you go to this event, it's like holy. Shit. It's Doug Miller. So I remember going up and, and chatting with them. And um, I remember going to Steph. <laughs> that was super weird. <laughs> I, I remember when I asked for a, the picture. I think Steph laughed. She did. It was so funny. It's like, oh, my God, somebody's asking to take a picture with him. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, we, it's actually amazing that we got a, that picture. Like, to think about the wild ride that it's been, and we actually have a picture that memorialized the first time we ever met. Yeah. And how gay it was. Yeah, it was super gay. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just saying, it was a little gay. And once you get past that, it's all smooth. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, I I didn't have a a great turnout with that show, uh, nor that season. Um, Wanted to hire Doug to take me uh, into a pro show uh, through the MPA that I had turned pro in. and he said, no, I only work with people a certain amount. So I end up doing that show. Uh, so, I only work with people that wear pants. Yeah. So I went through my growth season tw- uh, 2009. And, uh, and in 2010, I reached out and said, hey, I'd like to, to work together. You know, did the right amount of time. And uh, I had trained harder than I ever had before. I, I made it to Yorton that year. I had striated glutes uh, for the first time ever. Yeah, so first and, uh, you were a client, and then you started selling the product out of the back of your car. Yeah. Was, so that you went, by the, this time you were working at One Life Fitness as a sales yeah, guy. Yeah, I was, I was in, I was an assistant GM at that point. I want to say for, you know, like Chesapeake Square, yeah. new, new gym and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'd gone through the show. i take all the products. Uh, uh, I told, it was so funny, I told uh, Godfather uh, at the Yorton that year, I said, I don't know how, but we're going to be working together, bro. And That's James that. Karen. Yeah, I remember, I remember that when we were pumping corner. up and all that stuff. And so, um, was he competing? He, he competed in 2010. He came out with the ANC flag. Yes. And did his posing routine. I do uh, remember that. And um, fun stories. Um, so, yeah, so I, I started, uh, I lived in Newport News, Virginia, and I would travel the two and a half hours every other weekend that I didn't have my son to go hang out at Arlington Nutrition Corner and train at Boston Gold's Gym. And I did it all the time. I ended up bringing friends with me. And, uh, you know, sometimes I wouldn't get to see Doug at all. Sometimes. You brought Rachel. Um, you, didn't you bring Rachel at one point in time? Who yep. works? She's a, a manager for us now. Yep. So Ten years ago. Paul right? Bat and, you know, Chris. I, I, there was he worked out here not too long ago, Paul. Yeah, I saw yeah. you post. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so at that point, Doug's like, why don't you just sell this stuff yourself? And I was like, well, how do you do that? You know, we so, got that EIN number. So, so yeah, I, I remember hey. getting a, uh, a shelf put into my laundry room and uh, I started ordering subs. I started doing all the bodybuilding shows for the OCBI, uh, IFPA. I did the, all the Yortons. I flew myself out and my son and Amy to the Yorton in 2012 yep. uh, to the Arizona. So, so overall, I, I'd like to think that that showed Doug a lot uh, as far as the passion goes towards the 
the, the lifestyle, the love of, of nat, natural bodybuilding, the love of supplements. I remember, you know, what do you take in and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we had a great time with that. But I think another part of it is as I grew through management at One Life Fitness, we started off as Gold's Gym. Uh, we, uh, we saw that what we were doing as Gold's Gyms weren't your typical Gold's Gym meathead type, type gyms. They were more corporate And so we created our own brand. And I was privileged to be a part of those those meetings, those brainstorming meetings on how to how all that stuff went down, and you know we created the the brand. I got to be the first uh, manager uh, of uh, One Life a, of One Life gym that was outside of the seven five seven Hampton Roads, and that was Burke. Um, so, in so, this period of time, you were living in Newport News. You were a single father, had uh, half custody of your son. Was driving up like every day or every, I don't know how many days you drive up to Burke, two hours, some hours. You do the sales, the pre sale, you drive out, you were still, you were going through competition prep. You Trained know, for Worlds that year. Uh, I started dating Amy that year. Yeah. Uh, I remember, you know, going into 2012 and Amy, you know, and, and I were starting to get close and I was like, I just can't do this dating thing. I mean, I'm prepping for Worlds. I'm living two and a half hours away. I'm a single, I'm like, when do I got time to date? You know, so. Um, it was two to three days Ain't a week for that. that I was up there, and then I would come home for two to three days a week. And I remember sometimes I'd, I'd do like an eight to eight. And uh, you stay at Kirk Galliani's house. Um, sometimes I'd stay at Kirk's, but he uh, uh, we had a town home. Uh, and at that point, I'm the general manager, and I'm living uh, with all of my employees that were running that. So that was kind of like I'm the boss, and then you come home, and you, you got to yeah. be you know laid back. That was totally weird. Um, but, yeah, it was eight to eight type of a day. And then I would drive uh, 90 minutes to two hours to Richmond Gold's Gym. I would train. Uh, then I would get home an hour, uh, hour and a half later. I would clean up, meal prep, uh, pack all my clothes, and I'd go hang out with Amy because she had a bar job. And so she's getting off at, you know, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, you know. And obviously when you're first starting the date, you don't go to somebody's house just to fall asleep right away. So we're – doing our thing three four five o'clock in the morning you know and then it's like all right well i gotta go back to work you know and isn't then, it amazing how those and during those times you just don't get tired i, I love it's, it and you know, you just and it, <laughs> it's mind-boggling and uh yeah you know the whole burnt out thing but um so i think in that aspect of doug seeing that i was also very professional at what i did uh, that I could endure. I really think that that helped. Well, one thing that Carl would always say is, yes, sir, and not in a uh, like a flip sort of way, but it was like any opportunity I've thrown at Carl, he's jumped on. It hasn't been a complaint. It was actually, it's a thank you, which the reason why Carl is my right-hand man is because he has always said thank you to opportunities where it, some people might be like, oh, I've got to freaking do that now. i got to do this. i got to do that. I can't do that. It's always been thank you. I, I don't know how to do that, but I'll figure it out. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, sir. Um, and so, you know, that definitely showed me a lot. And so when I, as soon as I quit my job, I was like, all right, let's go. Let's open that store. Yep. And so the, the second store was 2013. Carl quit at One Life and he took over running. Uh, he, he gave up his own retailer position right? Because he stopped selling out of the trunk of his car. And we opened Newport News Nutrition Corner, which is now our flagship store in Newport News. It's our hub. It's where, you know, we warehouse everything for all the stores. Um, and it's, it's really the mothership at this point. Yeah. And so he took over as manager there. And then that was 2013. And then 
he was there for about a year or so, and that's when we were like, we can do another store, and that's when Virginia Beach Nutrition came, Corner came along, and that was in January 2015, and that's really when, you know, at this point in time, Core's continuing to grow, and I was thinking longer term. You know, when I started the Nutrition Corners, I bought the website, The Nutrition Corners. I didn't buy Arlington Nutrition. Well, I have that too, but I didn't buy just Arlington Nutrition Corner. I knew I wanted this to be a chain because at the end of the day, you know, and I think this is something I should have said in the beginning, but like we are not an overnight success. I am nobody special. I am, you know, we are not, I, I don't have any big athlete. I'm a natural bodybuilder. I've won the world championship a couple of times, but like who really cares? You know, I have 65,000 now, you know, followers on Instagram. We were going to be successful long-term and grow an empire through literally grinding and going up through ups and downs and building a lot of stores so that we could get our brand core into more people's hands. Now we sell a hundred brands at our store, but obviously one of my things was I couldn't like, you couldn't get core everywhere. So I wanted to create great retail experiences for people to learn about why core is such a good brand. So they're completely separate companies. You know, actually the nutrition corners buys from core. Actually we give better pricing to other retailers than we do ourselves slightly, you know, but we give ourselves decent pricing, but very fair market pricing. Um, we don't treat nutrition corners really any differently than we do other retailers. They're separate companies. Um, but I knew they were going to be essential in spreading the word of core and what we had to do. So that's now we're in January, 2015 and we decided to open our, our, th our third store where we had one of Carl's clients, RC, right? Was RC he was going to be, he was going to be the manager, uh, of that store. And that's where you come in, right? Yeah. So my first gig was the grand opening of the Virginia beach store. And so end of January, beginning, I feel like that was the end of January, January 31st, almost, I feel like is when that grand opening was. And then my first Arlington week was. And I think we should talk a little bit about during this time, we're in about 2015 and I don't have my timeline right, but Core started its distribution out of the basement. I mean, even up to the point where we had 30 different SKUs out of James Karen's basement. So a shout out to the Godfather, we call him, because we wouldn't be here today without the ability to have him as our warehouse, basically. We basically, he would sell product in his store, and then he would ship out when we said, ship to bodybuilding.com, ship to DPS Nutrition. Um, and that was just me cold calling those other retailers. Hey, will you carry my brand? I remember emailing like Ryan DeLuca from bodybuilding.com, the founder of, <laughs> hey, will you carry my brand? We carry my brand? And I was like one of the first brands on bodybuilding.com. Like that was one of my first readers, bodybuilding.com and DPS, Doug over at DPS. And, you know, James would ship it out and then we true up every month. We'd, we'd say like what was shipped out and then, you know, he trusted me there and then I trust his counts and then he would pay for the difference because he sold it through his store. That was our really strategic inventory <laughs> management system. Um, I love it. Yeah, so like that that's where we started. And then, it was getting a little overwhelming. So I think at this point in time, I did move it to a third party, uh, 3PL, which handled it out of Georgia. So we moved all our inventory there and they just kept on messing the stuff up. So that was after about a year we did that. And then at some point in time, and we'll get back to Patrick's story when he comes in, we have three stores. I think at that point in time is when Carl was running Newport News Nutrition Corner and we got a 2000 square foot office office. Yeah, this to, is very important. To, it was an office space. No forklifts. We had a pallet jack, but there was no loading docks or anything. And 
Carl was the manager of Newport News Nutrition Corner, but before he would go into work, he would come to the warehouse to either receive product or and then pack up orders and send it out, right? This is about 2015, right? R around Virginia Beach time. Yep. So we were there. We had signed a two-year lease, but that only lasted for like a year and a half, right? Uh, so he did that. Finally, we then hired like our first employee for CORE, and that was Jeremy, right? So he was actually our warehouse Jeremy guy. Hall, shout yep. out Box Boss. Mm -hmm. And... So, like, we are bootstrapping this bitch. I mean, like, <laughs> let's be honest. Like, this shit was bootstrapping. This is no, there's no venture capitalist here. There's no outside money. This is literally bootstrapping this shit, right? And that's how we did it. And um, I, for seven years, I believe it was seven or eight years, I didn't take a penny out of court. So it wasn't until about 2000, right until I quit my job, did I have to take some money out of court to pay myself to pay my mortgage and... Yeah, everything else. So it was seven or eight years just reinvested. And then I continued even to this day, you know, just to reinvest without, you know, really outside investment. Um, so, so we got our little warehouse and then we're opening our third store in 2015. And that's when things start to accelerate. And I took over Arlington. So at that time, that was when there was a revamp in our nutrition corners, I would say system. Yeah. Where Carl had his insight from previous job at One Life. And so we did kind of a reshuffle. You had RC running Virginia Beach, Carl running Newport News as a general manager, and then bringing on somebody new in Arlington, which was going to be me. RC, if you're out there and you're listening to this. We love you. We love Come you. visit, dude. And, you Come know, if out. you're tired of working for the contractor that you work for now, you're right. still welcome back because you are one of us. Uh, uh, I'm super happy for your, your, your marriage and your success and everything you've done, but there's still a home for you here. Uh, RC was a, a great dude. Um, and he is a great dude. Yeah, he is a great dude. And, you know, that was a, it was a great tight click. It was literally RC, Patrick, Carl, and I. Yeah. And that was... That was the first ball sack juju. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows what that means. But, um, but there, was something, there, was, there was something else Real I wanted good. to say about all that. Now I forget. So you're coming in. You were, went to the Virginia Beach grand opening to get a sense of what the heck we were about. And then you basically started at Arlington the next week. Right. I stayed with Carl for almost a week. Yeah. As a that was your training. Tra that was my week. training. So I got to get up with Carl first thing in the morning, go to that office, pack some core orders, see that process, then go to the, the Newport News store, see that process. Then we would go do a demo, then see that process. Then you train. And then we train and we just lived the lifestyle. Um, and then after about a week of that, I went to Arlington. And uh, I wasn't trained to s for the uh, job of, okay. oh, yeah, we, uh, we run Core Nutritional's website out of this store. Okay, so let me, let me, let me jump in there because there's, <laughs> there's two additional points I think we need to understand. At this point in time, our POS system is like a 1970s POS system. It's called TRS. I think it was TRS 10 was the upgraded version. TRS was designed to sell sewing kits. I sh you not. <laughs> we were taking credit cards through the keyboard. Yes. Yeah. And it was literally designed to sell uh, sewing machines and kits. Like That's literally what it was for. I don't know who does that, but that's what it was for. And it worked. There was no in-store transfers. There was none, nothing fancy. We would run monthly reports at the end of the month so that at this point in time, I'm full-time accountant. I'm running QuickBooks. I'm not a trained accountant. I figured it out based on I previously owned a training. Well, I just didn't even put this in here. In 2009, I opened a training gym. A gym. Well, let me take a step back. We're on the TRS <laughs> system, which is our POS system. It's a piece of crap. 
We, to this day, used to run reports. They're called the number three report in TRS, which mean nothing to anybody, but every month- It's mo- a true up, right? It's a true up. At the end of every month, we still run what we call number three reports, and no one in our company knows what that's from, but there was a report called the number three report, <laughs> which basically co- took track of the stuff you took out of the system that wasn't a sale, so like owner use or like you took it to a demo or a damaged good or something. So we still run those reports today and we call them number three reports, but no one knows why it's called a number three report. Now they do. Now we use Lightspeed, which is a totally different animal and pretty awesome. Um, so we were, we were doing that, but one of the things that I learned is when I was working, um, I had core and the, right before I opened Arlington, when I was still working at Bates White, my wife and I decided to be par- partners with one other person uh, to open what was called Clarendon Fitness Collect, uh, Clarendon Fitness, which was basically a training studio in the heart of Clarendon in Arlington. Um, and as soon as the money became real, our 50% partner became a total asshole. Flash forward a couple years later, we turns out he got arrested and went to jail for like five years for trying to sell Coke to an undercover agent at a, on a school property, uh, $50,000 worth. So it was definitely a felony. Um, so you can see we got made the right decision. And at that point in time, I was like, listen, either we're buying you out or you're buying us out. He wanted to take it. So he took it. He ran it into the ground, destroyed his reputation in the community. And so we just like walked away, but I'll tell you what that failure, which was a failure because we no longer had the business. Right. Uh, I learned so much. I learned how to open a retail store because this was before Arlington Nutrition. I learned how to open a retail store because we were selling supplements out of there. I taught myself QuickBooks you know, did all the accounting, did all the legal stuff. That experience itself, the hardship of figuring all that shit out from nothing. Now I can open a business in my sleep and I help a lot of people do that. Literally on like a monthly basis, I'm helping somebody get started. Like they, it's an overwhelming thing. So if anybody's listening to this and you want to start a legit business, I could probably help you in about an hour of my time. We could get you set up with the IRS. We could set you legally up as an entity, an LLC, we could get your tax identification number. We could, you know, register you with the county that you're in so you can pay personal property taxes and business license taxes and all that stuff. But I had to learn all that. And that was instrumental in, you know, figuring stuff out. And so that's what one of our core values is figure stuff out. I knew how, I had no idea how to do that stuff, but I figured it out. And that's why that to this day is so important is being able to figure stuff out. Well, it's to also on that, it's probably uh, an important part of that uh, learning curve was, who you want to be in business with, who you would want to partner with. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I said I would never go into business with anybody else after that experience. Which is, uh, yeah, false now. No, it's false, but, but you learn, you learn like who you want to be in business with. Right. Right. And I learned to have a better exit strategy. So, like, we'll get to this when we bring David in, but like my partnership with Julian in Arms Race, I mean, that's a 35 page agreement. Right. So if it hits the fan and we actually, We'll get to this. You know, we had a third partner in arms race that didn't work out, right? Love Kenton. Uh, he knows we still love him, uh, but it didn't work out. Well, we had a very, it was very clear how that relationship ends based on that. So like, that's another good point that somebody could take from this. Have an exit strategy in your operating agreement. So back to where we were. It's 2015. We got three stores. We're managing core out of the basement or, or the, the, the ground floor of a, basically a, a, it's not even a warehouse. It's an office that Carl's the, like the warehouse manager. And uh, Pat gets thrown into this job. He was doing personal training, comes to Arlington. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't tell you that uh, we run our core nutritionals online sales through Arlington Nutrition Corner, like inventory. Like we borrow it and then true it back up. Number 
number he number six, something report or something six, like that. So six, Pat six, had to also pack up all the online orders for core in the retail store and ship it out. Yes. Just yes. All just right. Just. So that this is where I'm going to say something because it, it'll speak to the current management team, but then it speaks to the others, right? You come on board, you're immediately thrown something that wasn't described and you said, thank you for it. The Arlington nutrition corner had been open for three years at that point. Yep. Three, uh, no, five. I mean, 2010. Yeah, five years. Five years and had never averaged $2,000 a day in sales. Yep. Never, nope. ever. It nope. had gone through two managers and Patrick in his very first month averaged over $2,000 a day. Yep. And this is someone who had one week's worth of training. So it, it, it speaks volumes, again, to the core values and to what overall we but expect. But he was in that gym across the street every day. He was in... Uh, Orange Theory every day. He was in his community, and we can't tell you this enough for our managers and any other small business owner in there. If you are not the mayor of your freaking community, if you're not building relationships, that's a core value, right? If you're if you're not being a servant in your community, that's a core value. Um, if you're not doing those things, you will not be successful. And we see it today in our stores. Our stores, we have 12 stores now, the ones that really thrive. We have leaders that build community. The leaders that just sit in their store and say, hey, come to me. Supplements are cool. That will never work in a retail setting, right? They can go anywhere. They can go to Amazon. Why are they coming to that store? Because of you. You have to own that store. Yep. And so that goes to any brick-and-mortar business. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so a lot of the core values come from that. You know, and, and so we really talk about expectations, but you have to remember who you're working with, you know. And, and again, it's not tooting our own horns, but it's like you got to remember who you're working with. And we've already done all the things that we're asking you to do, and we didn't complain about it. And we were thankful. And, and it, it goes back again to the last thing is that it's you are the secret ingredient. You know, it's not Doug Miller owning these companies because he's not there. Um, you know, it's, it's not Carl or Jesus. It is literally you are the secret ingredient to that success. And if you don't believe that, you shouldn't apply for the job to begin with. So we're moving forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, 2000, starting in 2016 was when we really started, Carl and I, and then we obviously brought in Pat, really started developing our own leadership skills. And it started through the Global Leadership Conference that we went to in 2015. And it was an eye-opener for us, right? Um, and, you know, just how important it is to take uh, leadership seriously and understand that everyone can be a leader to some extent. And that's where we started putting our foot on the gas and we wanted to do something big every year. So in 2016 was the year that we decided to open four stores. The message from the global leadership that summit that Doug shared was to go forth and multiply. It was. was what resonated with him, and boom, we did four stores. It was literally multiply. I always struggled as a Christian myself. Like, why am I, like, you know, I'm in a very vain industry, right? I'm in a very vain industry. What am I doing? Like, is this really what God wants me to do? But I started seeing it more in the light of, People need our help. There's people that really struggle with body images or struggle losing weight. Um, one of the things you can control is your, your, your physical appearance and your, your own health, right? And we were a means for people to do that. And also what really resonated with me in the idea of going forth and multiplying was 
by multiplying, by growing our store footprint, by growing the brands, we were creating more opportunities for people to become a part of our community and give them opportunities to work in a very cool environment, a very cool culture, a very fun culture, but at the same time, a what we feel is a great culture in terms of hard work and all of those other good values that are out there, right? Um, we were giving other people an opportunity to do that. And that really helped me kind of sh- like, this is what I'm called to do, right? So I remember that. And then we opened four, t- four stores. We opened uh, Williamsburg Nutrition Corner. We opened- um, Dulles was first. Dulles was first. That was a mess. That was a mess. And Manassas. Right. Uh, Williamsburg second. Uh, Williamsburg second. Then Manassas and Short Pump. So, that was si- so now we have seven stores. And at this point in time, Pat, you were working at Arlington, but we lost the manager for like Manassas. So you were basically the manager of like Manassas and Arlington and then yeah. became basically took over and created like a regional position in Northern Virginia. Yeah. And I'm going to back up a little bit and just so I can speak a little bit. And my risk was <clears throat> I went to college for your degree kind of trying to figure it out within the fitness industry. And I told my parents that, hey, I'm gonna go work in this supplement store. And they, my dad really struggled with that. He just didn't understand it. Uh, shout out to my dad, he, my parents, they helped me through college so I can understand maybe the uh, anxiety that might've created. But this was a risk that I wanted to take. My gut was telling me to go in this direction that my passions were at the time in fitness, in bodybuilding. I love supplements and I wanted to, get involved with who I thought was going somewhere and was going to be successful. So, and then to back up to Arlington, um, I also uh, fired everybody in a, in a sense. Yeah. Like we restarted. Yes. And I, so I was working, I think at the time it was 72 hours the store was open. So I was working the 72 hours that the store required of me um, doing the, the online site. We also had a wholesale business out of Arlington that I was kind of uh, thrown into as yes. well. Um, so I couldn't be that build community as much as I wanted to in the beginning, but the reason I took the store to the, to the next level was being a servant inside of the store. And that really expanded the, the footprint of the store. And I didn't ever have to go to leave. The word of mouth was spread through the store about this guy that was in Arlington who was helping me and being just whatever he needed, whatever I, I needed, he was there to help. Um, so I, th- I think that's important to touch on because a lot of this message is to our employees and our, our managers yeah. and staff um, is that if you even if you have don't have a ton of staff, just be a servant inside of your store. Do everything that you can in those hours that is required of you that the store is open to really be a servant to your, your clients um, and and just put your head down and do that. And it the times of expanding and not being I don't want to say a slave to the store, but working every hour of the store. Will, will be relieved. I say this over and over. You are in your 20s. This is the time that you need to push yourself. You need to really get uncomfortable. This is your time to work. You know, we joke. Uh, I think Pat kind of started the joke because I think uh, pretty much I ruined his relationship <laughs> at the time. And then we're like, you know what? This should be a rule. You come and work for me. You have to break up immediately with your girlfriend. Yeah, we, so didn't make, we didn't make. Can't get, get married until you're thirty. Can't I, get married till you're twenty nine. Can't have kids till you're thirty five. I lived a, a <laughs> I lived about an hour away, forty five minutes, uh, to Manassas. So I had to make that commute from Manassas to Arlington every day, um, and it was a, a toll on the relationship that I was in, which yeah. also allowed. It was a blessing because it allowed me to re- it realized like, well, that's not who I want in somebody. That's right. not what I want in a wife. Who I want in a wife, and 
Um, so then I moved to Arlington. I lived in a Harry Potter, Potter, Harry Potter closet for several months. <laughs> True. Um, and, uh, and just stuck to that grind um, and just worked my butt off. And we, we damn near got Arlington to a million dollars before we went to Dulles. Um, and then during the time of Dulles and opening up Manassas, yeah, I think when we opened up Manassas, we had it was three stores in my responsibility and four employees. <laughs> so it was a lot of... At 72 hours open for each, that's 216 hours across right. four employees, right? right? And some of the employees weren't full-time. So at a bare minimum, people were working 54 hours a week, but some people did not work more than 40, right? So, But the more we were open and the more we continued to tell our story through my leadership, we gained more people, right? And we were able to kind of... I was able to relieve some of that stress that I was carrying with doing that. Um, and then 2017 is when, uh, so at the time, uh, shout out to Andrew Pardue. I mean, Andrew Pardue was a big part of our team at that point. He was the sales guy for core, which was really at that time, not. A, so the a one thing about role. Andrew, Andrew was like 20 years old. He I was mean, in college. Like working I mean, part time. And he just was like, loved core, loved natural bodybuilding. And he just, kind of just wanted opportunities and he just kept on grabbing them and he just would he would also take on i'll just do whatever like just whatever let me help and then i just gave him more and more and he would figure it out so yeah. you know uh but it came to a point in time where it was ready for him to move on and uh we sat down i think it was i don't know who talked it was kenton at the time uh you and like we just knew it was the right thing for pat to take that well i remember being on a i was leaving dulles going to my apartment and there was a three-way phone call with the three of us. And you, at the end of the phone call, said, well, there's this opportunity. There's this person, and then there's that. But if, if we're just going to have to figure it out. And when you said that, it was like, I think that's, I think that's me. And then, sure enough, like a couple days later, you sat me down in the office, and we were like, what do you think about coming over full-time to CORE? I'm like, well, that's what you want me to do. Horrible yeah. decision. So at this point in time, Carl we, was like, "That position doesn't even need to have. Like, we don't need that. <laughs> we don't position. need a sales guy. We don't need for a sales guy for our brand. <laughs> take my guy." <laughs> but I mean, at that time, we're doing a couple million dollars a year at court. Like, we don't need a sales guy. We're doing a couple million dollars a year smoking crack. So, at this point in time, just fast forward a little bit. Core goes from its little two thousand square foot. We were supposed to be there for two years. We bought out of our lease. Right, we left after about a year and a half. We got four thousand square feet. Right, heck yeah, four thousand. Well, I mean, we were we had. Freaking pallet racks and a forklift. Did you get that forklift in? Woo! Sure. Yes. So we were balling at this point. So we it had only go in circles in the forklift. And 000. we had the rape van. We did have Ooh. the rape. We had a van. A lot of memories. In that you know, um, <laughs> yeah, it was super sketch. And uh, I wish we still had that because it would be amazing. Big wheels on that Dude. sucker. We well, should let's look go for buy that. one. We should. So. Third time we said we should do that. So, four, so we signed a two-year lease and after after one year. His idea. After one year, we ran out of room, so we took another two thousand square uh, two thousand square feet next door. So now we have six thousand square feet, right? So this is like late two thousand sixteen, right? Did we start Miracle Labs in that warehouse? I feel like we did. Yes. So two thousand sixteen, we opened four stores. Two thousand seventeen, our big thing was Miracle Labs, and at the time, I'll, I'll give you the little origin story on Miracle Labs. We would have um, people walk into our store, and if they didn't want to be a part of our Nutrition Corner experience, which is like us getting to know them and their goals and all of that stuff, they just, I just need a pre-workout, man. They would go and grab that skull with the snake going through the eyes and just grab it and go, and they would do it just based on the marketing. But they would never come back and buy it again because it was a shitty formula probably because the dumb, you know, it's just all caffeine, prop blend, all that. And so I was like, man, at this point in time, this is like we're talking Hillary Trump. Like I was like, we can – 
create a brand around uh, an emotional response, you know, marketing, um, that the labels, the patriotic labels might make you buy the product for the first time, but you're going to come back and buy it again because it was an amazing formula. We could, kept the formula simple, same uh, core values as core um, in terms of uh, efficacious doses. Um, and we launched with Red, White, and Boom and Stars and Pipes. And at the beginning, we didn't tell anyone it was our brand. Which oh we just got this new brand that's right we did we didn't got this new brand and it went viral like Trisha Corner's got an exclusive though like that that original (laughs) that was fun that original (laughs) red white and blue a boom formula went viral like I could not at this point in time I was kind of like the sales guy of that I was running the like taking orders and stuff for that and I was like holy crap like people are like retail little retailers are ordering like 144 at a time like that went viral and um so. You know, America Labs, and then finally, like, we kind of came out of the closet and said, okay, this is us, and, you know, America kind of grew, and we added a bunch of products to that, and that was 2017. We opened two stores in 17. We opened Fairfax Nutrition Corner and Oceana Nutrition Corner, right? Um, so that's, now we have nine stores, and that was a point in time where we really needed to bring the warehouse to Northern Virginia where I was located. We needed a central home with an office, and we took a big step. We went from 6,000 square feet to 8,000 square feet, but we could rack high right? We did a full build out so we could create our office. We actually had freaking offices. Like we had an office in a kitchen and a conference room. And like, do we have a copier then? I think we had a paper shredder. Okay. We're talking like real company shit here. Okay. So we were, you guys bought. might think that's silly, but we really didn't have some of the basics. So like supposed to be in that 6,000 square feet. So again, our lease was supposed to be, so we signed a five-year lease in 8,000 square feet. And, um, yeah, that, this is 17? This is 2017. Was when we first 18 did. is when we got the copier because we were printing. I remember Sam joined in 18, <laughs> and uh, we were printing still on like a Canon little you know, printer. Yeah, so and Sam, I think, ordered the copier at that point. Yeah, so we're now in uh, Sterling, Virginia. We have 8,000 square feet. We got two brands. Ashburn. Ashburn. You're right. Ashburn, Virginia. But I can go to the office every day. So we really started building our culture at this point because we found that you have to be present and that's why I'm so adamant about people working, not working remotely, because the amount of shit that we can get done when we're sitting at a table, you can do it in two hours versus eight hours. You can be a part and you can brainstorm and you can put 10 heads together as, a vo- as opposed to just in vacuums, right? And then come together. So this is 2018. So we have, I think we have nine stores. Uh, I don't, man, I, I don't even remember after Oceana where we went. I know we opened a Bethesda Nutrition Corner at some point in time, which was a total bust. We learned that you don't want to open one of these stores in a high income area where everyone's super snooty. So we closed that in less than a year. That was a huge failure. It cost us a quarter million dollars. At the same time, we closed Williamsburg Nutrition Corner, which was in a very almost, it was like, it was just a terrible location. So we closed two stores, but then we opened two stores. So we opened uh, Princess Anne, right? Yep. Um, and where else did we open? We opened, you already mentioned here. Williamsburg went to Princess Anne because right now to this day, Princess Anne is Williamsburg Nutrition Corner operating as Princess Anne Nutrition Corner. That's to be closed. That's to be closed altogether, right? So we had to deal with that, that loss. I mean, that's a quarter million dollars gone, right? Like that's really what, you know, happened. And, uh, you know, at this point in time, we were growing our, our two brands and we also decided we, we loved Monster Energy and we loved energy drinks. We can do an energy drink. We can do it better, and we can do it with America Patriotic Branding. The world was a different point. This is this is segue to a podcast, which we'll do next. But the world was a different 
different world at that point in the energy drink the space. Energy drink space was a little more open. So at the time, there was Bang Energy was blowing up. And then a couple energy drinks were coming on the market. There was a C4, there was a BSN, there was America, La- America Energy, right? Like those were the big ones. Take a Hyde, the, Hyde came on. out, but they, they put too much sucralose in their first run and they just fell off the map. And then America Energy kind of blew up through that. I'll just do a little story on America Energy. America Energy was blowing up, getting really good traction, and then COVID came and killed America Energy for the most part. And the, the culture changed in our country, um, which caused us to kind of revamp America Energy, which will be a whole other podcast. Um, but so that was an energy drink. That, that was our big thing in 2018. Right. Right. Um, so we opened a couple more stores. We're probably at about 10 stores now-ish. Um, the 12th store was Mooresville. What was the 11th? Oh, no, we did 9 and 10 were our stores in 2021 where we opened uh, Norfolk Nutrition Corner and Greenbrier Nutrition Corner, which was our first um, uh, run at opening stores inside One Life Fitness. Uh, and those stores actually do really well, uh, but they have their own door. They have their own entrance, but yeah. they're also in conjunction with a gym. And our first attempt was smoothies. And, yeah, and we do smoothies in there because we have to. Um, so we now have, you know, 12 stores, uh, America Energy, which we'll come back to. But this is 2019. Uh, we had signed a five-year lease. Um, we had 8,000 square feet. We ran out of space. We started America Energy, so we needed more space. So we rented... In the building next door where we, we would drive a forklift across the parking lot, we rented 4,000 square feet additional, right? So we had 8,000 plus 4,000, right? Remember, we do our managers meetings in and there. And that's spillover. And it was yeah. hot in there, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so we had 12,000 square feet. I signed a two-year lease on that, but we were only there for six months when I was like, we need more space. So we found somebody was trying to give up like about two years on a 10-year lease for 23,000 square feet. So I had to negotiate with my landlord to get out of the five-year lease for the 8,000. At the same time, I had to pay money, like I think 25 or 30 grand to get out of my 4,000 square foot space. And then we took over 23,000 square feet uh, in Sterling. And um, it was at that time, before we made that move, what really made us make that move also was we started um, Arms Race Nutrition. So that's where Mr. Cool Shades comes in over here, but not yet, you're not there yet. Um, so you, where he comes in, but not yet. Yeah, you got your own story. Um, so, Arms Race Nutrition came about because we were recruiting Julian to become a core athlete. But he was at a point in his career where he was already bodybuilder.com athlete, optimum athlete, and he wanted to do his own brand, essentially. And I said, so we came up with the idea to do Arlington Nutrition Corner, or sorry, Arlington, uh, Arms Race Nutrition, sorry. Is he running uh, from a beat? He is. I'm distracted by Mary Poppins over here. <laughs> He's running around with his umbrella. So Julian and I came together with Kenton, who was the third member in this, uh, in this partnership. And we started Arms Race Nutrition, which is an influencer-based brand built around Julian's own personal brand, but stuck, again, to the same principles that I found at Core with literally 15 years prior. And, um, you know, it's funny because it took me one year to do what I did with America Labs. It took me like nine years with Core, Right. And then America, and then we started Arms Race Nutrition, and in the first six months, we did more than we did in like the first, I don't know how many years of the other brands. And it wasn't because, it, was, it, it wasn't necessarily because of anything other than we made so many mistakes at the previous brands and along the way that we now knew how to do it. 
right? We, and we had relationships and we built it. So all these brands build on one another. And so we knew we wanted to uh, launch this brand. I remember we were in the, the 8,000 and 4,000 square foot space when we launched. We literally broke Shopify. Shopify called us on the day we launched and said, like, what the heck are you guys selling? Like, this is crazy. Like, we ranked up on Shopify super high. We literally broke it. We had to go back and manually, like, enter a bunch of stuff into Shopify. It was a disaster. But we got all the product out. The day after we launched, Julian, Kenton, and I went to GNC, and we pitched our brand idea. We rolled in there. It was a risk. We weren't sure if we wanted to do it. We rolled in there with, like, boots, tight jeans, and flannel cutoffs. And we pitched our brand, which was old school dedication and love of training, but uh, add in modern science and really cutting edge supplements, sticking to the core values that we've established over the years. They loved it. They grabbed on board. They wanted an exclusive. We launched with them in the fall. And at the time, we were the biggest opening order PO ever for a new brand, a starting out brand in GNC history. Yeah, it's actually never been done before. Like, does create a brand and then the next day have that meeting and get signed on? That's never been done before. So, and we went to GNC prior to that meeting to pitch America Labs. Yes. And we learned by that because we launched America Labs in GNC, but we didn't do it correctly. And we learned. So, America Labs did not work out. So, I would say that's another learning experience. We learned what we needed to do. And, you know, you, you need somebody like David in the field. Right, you need to build those relationships on the ground. You can't just put a great product with a great label in there and expect it to sell. But it also helped us build a relationship with the people. Oh, absolutely. In the offices of GMC, absolutely, which yeah. then was the platform. So, so. Like, right, like maybe we wouldn't have had those opportunities if right. we didn't have America exactly. Lab. So all the brands build off of that, and they all lead to that, right? And again, the one thing I want to underscore here is that this is now, this is 2019. This is 15 years after I started this shit as a side hobby, as a side hustle. We are not an overnight success. You know, people see the cool things we do now and they think, you know, like, and, and we just are now feeling like we're starting to scratch the surface. We're not, we're, it's so cliche, we're just getting started, but we're really just getting started now, right? I'm 42 years old and I'm just getting started. I had a whole other life in consulting before, like, any, like it's kind of crazy to think about. And, you know, you see brands these days and there's some, you know, brands up there that, that blow up huge right up. We are not them right off the bat. This is years and years of consistently living our core values so that people so that we gain trust in an industry where trust is lacking right i like that mm. yeah can we get it like a gary v style for yeah, that one that's the next Harris? boss status right so we it's the years of building the trust it's the years of building the relationships it's a years of doing the right thing even when doing the right thing costs you money right that is why we are where we are today, and that's why we're just getting started, and I'm more excited now than ever for the future of what we have coming up. Um, but it's not an overnight success. You know, we don't, and, and props to the people who have the overnight success. Like, I, I, I love watching people, like, brands blow up. Like, uh, like, I can see Redcon and what Aaron did, but Aaron wouldn't have been successful at Redcon if he didn't have Blackstone. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like he learned things from that and then he applied to and how they went from zero to 100 million plus in a three years. Like that is crazy. Right. And now you see, look at guys like, you know, Seabum right now and what the raw guys are doing. Like, like I, I love following them and I, I don't, you know, if you're looking at people and you're kind of scoffing at them because they're successful, like that's your problem. And that's probably why you will never be successful. I love watching them saying, Hey, I'm, we're moving into our new hundred thousand square foot building. Like, heck yeah, man. Like, that's awesome. You know, 
and they happen to be on like that faster ride, right? Because you know that you know like anything C bump touches right now is gold, right? Yeah. It goes to the moon, and they're riding that, right? Like that's awesome, and that is their story. Our story is different. Their story is not better or worse than our story. Our story is different, and that's why this is our story. And so when you try to compare yourself, um, you know, I mean, it would have been great to go to that in three years. That would have saved us a lot, <laughs> you know, right? But it hasn't been. It's been 15, 20 years. But that's okay because maybe we wouldn't even be here if we didn't have all those previous years. So you got to write your own story, I think, is the point, the point of this. So Arms Race Nutrition, you know, uh, launches. And, uh, you know, we were with GNC when they went through the bankruptcy, but we decided to stay on with GNC after the bankruptcy. So that was, you know, it was kind of like me starting out. It was kind of like me starting out and having my 500 units of product in the basement being sold and not being paid, right? Like it was kind of the same type of situation. It was like, yeah, I got this company and I'm starting. And then something, you know, you go through a difficulty. But that's, then you, that's during COVID too, because bankruptcy yep. happened two mm -hmm. months after COVID. Mm -hmm. So it's during that entire time. Yep. I'm not finished smoking the cigar. So during this time, when did we, Pat and I, first meet you? Is it 2020? It is March of <coughs> 2020. The world shut down. Yep. The biggest part of the world shutting down was the Arnold was canceled. Yeah. So Doug and I still were going to uh, Bullfrog Nutrition. Still had a big event pre-game pre to the... Uh, um, to the Arnold and uh, your store was supposed to have a massive launch with an event with yeah. Julian yeah. but COVID changed all that but we still made it to come to your store because you were still going to do something, right? Yeah, I mean, that week was weird. Um, I had a lot of events set up that week but the big one I put all my uh, you know heart into was the arms race event. Um, I had Chris Gethin from Cage Muscle come on that Wednesday um, and that's the day everything got announced by the Arnold. So Chris yep. Gethin still came. It was great. And then it's like, okay, now that's over. I'm really pumped for this weekend event. And the day beforehand, it gets canceled because of COVID. Um, they announce it very last minute. Everybody still comes in for the Arnold, all the athletes, everything like that. Um, and then, you know, after Kenton called me and said, hey, we're not going to be able to make it. Um, and I, I just want to add this tidbit because I love this story. But Kenton calls me, and he's like, well, maybe it's something to where Julian Doug comes. He's like, no one gives a crap about me. And I was like, well, actually, I mean, I'm most excited to meet you, Kenton. <laughs> like, because I would Thanks. always, every weekend. Sorry. But every weekend, you know, when Kenton did, you know, his um, Science Saturdays, yeah. I loved it. Like, I thought that was really great content. Um, just things he would say, and he was so real about it. I just really love that content. And um, he's like, oh, you're going to make me cry. And, um, you know, Kenton being a smartass. But it was just, it was really great to have that conversation with him and then you guys show up and you didn't have to and that was the big thing you didn't have to show up and you still came you dropped off the shirts um the shakers all of that i think you were drinking america classic the original america classic energy i, I didn't even know you guys owned that at the beginning look at that i just drank it because i like <laughs> so, classic so the other thing i would say is like during that meeting you know david was so good at what he did that uh i think i offered him a job on the spot you yeah, did. you were like, do you want to move to Virginia? And well, like, you, me and you kind of like, man, he's good. After we left, I told Pat, I was like, he's going to work for us. Or with us, I should say. He's going to work with us. I, we, just, we just knew it. Yeah. 
And then COVID happened and like there was restructuring and right. Yeah. A lot of things changed. Um, you know, I got demoted. They went, they did away with my job. Um, a year had passed and I'm looking around and it just wasn't fun. Like the, the people that used to show up in stores and things like that. And I sat and I thought about it and I'm talking to uh, my friend who's now, you know, VP of another supplement company. And I was like, he, he looks at me, he's like, why do you sell someone's arms race? And I was like, they were really good people. And I was like, I like the product, but they were really good guys. And he's like, the, the change in GNC is, and I want people to know this too, they do not get paid to sell a product. They don't, it doesn't happen anymore. So he says, you're telling me relationships mean more than money. And I look at him, I'm like, yes. So that's the day it hit me. And I sent an Instagram message to Doug a year later after meeting him. And I was like, I have an idea and it wasn't so this even was for, early 2021. Yeah. And it wasn't even for me, <laughs> to be honest. It was um, just an idea to build a brand. I liked the yeah, brand. Yeah. So he wanted to help. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, long story short, he kind of, you know, he basically said, I think, you know, I could help you. I said, okay. And I'm always open. I love when people pitch me a position. Uh, we'll talk about it maybe in a minute, but like we just added Logan, who's killing it right now for us, who's our director of distribution. That job didn't happen before. Dave was the same way. He's like, I think, you know, I could help you as the, sa the sales guy, you know, for arms race nutrition. I said, okay, pitch me a job. I said, I want to know what your monthly expenses are. How much travel do you need? Do you need a vehicle? How much is gas? How much are you going to spend on a hotel? And he literally went off and a week later he came back with, okay, I need this much salary. I said, no, I can't pay you that much salary. <laughs> That's usually right. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and, no, it wasn't. And then he... He basically laid out, okay, these are what I think we needed for expenses and blah, 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 blah along the way. And I said, okay. And like I said, all right, let's do it. Let's get your truck. And that's really, that's really how it started. Dave created his own position. He saw a hole in what we were doing and has been instrumental in helping Arms Race grow. Arms Race would not be where it is today. And we have so many opportunities coming down the pipe um, that we'll talk about in the future. Uh, but like he's been instrumental in that entire growth process. Um, and you know, same thing with Logan, we brought Logan on and he pitched the idea. I was like, you guys are now in Europa and all this distribution is like, you need somebody really helping them, you know, like in there, like no one else is doing that. I've done it. Let me do it for you. And so he pitched a job. I said, and he, 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 he said, I want to get paid this much. I said, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> earn it. Earn it. Earn so it. one of our core values is earn it. And we set up a way where he could very easily earn more than what he was asking if he does his job. Right. And uh, he's been killing it so forth. And so, like, that's a huge thing for us. And that's another core value is you have to earn it. You're not going to come in here. We're not going to pull in. Like, if we're, even if, if it's a director of marketing for a brand or, you know, a high-end position, you're not going to come in here and think you're going to be driving in your Porsche right off the rip. You need to show me that you deserve and you earn that Porsche, right? Like, that's the way it's got to be. Um, and I think everyone sees that that's the way we operate and can appreciate that. Um, so yeah, that was the other thing that happened during COVID right around that time was the crush Coliseum. Crush Coliseum. And then you got, a, uh, you got asked, why are you operating your business in the most expensive area in the yeah. country? So COVID shut down. I had a great home gym so I could train in my home gym, but I was like, <laughs> I always wanted to own a gym. And I said, you know what? No better time than now. Bought a first piece of leg press. My top uh, people are first their, their dogs food bag and in, in, yeah. in their living room <laughs> yeah so spent a thousand dollars got it like press bought it from leo at dmv iron and we put it put it in our warehouse 
And then I started buying more pieces. We did a Rasmus auction, bought four more, four more pieces. And then we had basically enough equipment to have a really good hamstring day. And so <laughs> I started training hamstrings and maybe some legs at our gym. And I would train the other body parts in my house. And it started growing. And then I was saying, hey, you know, do we really need these racks over here? Hey, guys, uh, next week, can you take down all of these racks over here? And so I bought some used gym, uh, gym flooring from a buddy of mine, dollar square foot, threw it down, set it up, started buying pieces, more pieces. Next thing you know, we had uh, 1,600 square feet. 1,600 square feet. But then Hubbard. we ran it all the way down the entire length of the gym. We had pieces of equipment in between racks. It was so not OSHA safe. <laughs> we had probably 100 pieces of equipment in there. We, when we went to move down here, we had six tractor trailers of just gym equipment for the actual Crusher Coliseum. And that was literally grinding, finding good deals, redoing stuff. You know, we bought a bunch of stuff from China just because at the time we could. We could get a container super cheap, $6,000, not $20,000, you know, to ship it. We bought some Chinese equipment. Uh, we realized that you know 99% of that equipment was crap. So we started flipping that equipment. We made money on it. Then we started buying the equipment we really wanted. We learned from that. We had to put machines together, we, break them down. We had to put every piece of every every Chinese piece that came. We had to put together uh, in spare time. People volunteered their time in between doing all their regular responsibilities. We built a pretty badass gym, you know, in our warehouse. And then when we moved down here, we built out this space. Now we have 10,000 square feet of what arguably is one of the most badass gyms in the country. Amen. And we'll only continue, continue to get better. Um, and then we were at a point in time when um, we were doing a lot of business with Dynamic uh, Nutraceuticals. They were really growing um, and they needed a bigger space. We needed a bigger space. We were running out of our lease. It would have been close to 40 grand a month in rent to just re-lease our current space. It was nuts. Think about that. And that was 23,000 square feet. Um, so we needed a bigger space, but we wanted our own space. So this opportunity came up. So between these two buildings, we have about 100,000 square feet here, 60,000 for dynamic and uh, over 30 for us here. And uh, we had the opportunity to buy the 14 acres of land here with dynamic. And then we pieced off, uh, we have four, about four acres on this side bought this building, sunk a bunch of money into this, gutted it down to the frame. If you go on my YouTube, you can watch under construction where you can see how much of a murder show this was, uh, what it was and what it is today. And then it's quite remarkable what we did in a very short period of time, but we could have moved everywhere, anywhere in the country. We were tired of DC bullshit. We were tired of say D it, baby. DC bullshit. Yes. Just say it. Baby. We lived in Loudoun County. We lived in Loudoun County. Uh, my kids would have been going to Fairfax County, being taught Hell some woke no, ass no, no. And uh, I just needed to get out of there. We could have moved anywhere in the country, but we needed a business reason. And uh, this is in Statesville, North Carolina, just north of Lake Norman. I love lakes. I always would go to a lake as a kid, and I was like, if we're moving down there, I want to be on a lake. So the opportunity came. You know, Steph is my ride or die. You know, when I worked at Bates White, they offered me a position in their San Diego office. Steph, I said, what do you think, Steph? She literally just moved to D.C. for me. She's like, I'll go. And we weren't, we weren't even married. We were dating. And, uh, you know, she's like, we were not even thinking twice about it. She trusted me. And she's like, yeah, let's go. Let's get the heck out of here. We had great friendships. We had a great church. We, had a, we still have great friendships in Northern Virginia. But for the most part, there was a lot of shit there. Um, and so... This has been a breath of fresh air. Uh, I would say that all our key people moved with us, came down here, 
and has opened up many doors for them. And we're going right, to. I'm just going to walk away after that one. Yeah. Well. Well, well he's David. That's your own. That's your own thing. Dave is moving. Hopefully, Natalie, you're watching this. Uh, you guys, <laughs> you guys will be moving to uh, Statesville or Mooresville, North Carolina, here soon. I hope you get your accent down. We know some good realtors. We do know some realtors. You could get Skirky's uh, Skirky's female friends. She could help you out with some realty. We could we can get it done real nice, like. Um, and yeah, and so you know we've built what we've built today. Uh, there's other opportunities up. There's another 15 acres of land over here because we're now out of space of our 32,000 square. We're literally don't have enough room here. So we we're now thinking down the line, what are we going to do next? Which we really need to make a decision on very quickly. Uh, but that's another big risk that we need to take. And investments in buildings is very expensive at the moment. Um, but that has been our journey, you know. So now we have. Uh, you know, core is on an, an, a rocket ship. Core is performing better than it's ever performed. Core is go- rolling into Vitamin Shop January one, which is a, just a massive opportunity for us. You know, we did turn down some other big opportunities for Core because it wasn't right at the time. We said no to distribution for a while. It wasn't right at the time, but now it is right, and that's why we're doing a lot through Europa now. Uh, we're, we decided to move on to Vitamin Shop. Um, we have so many things in the works for Core. America Labs is taking a new direction in terms of uh, all the like the the focus of that brand and what we're doing. We have a new strategic initiative for that arms race. Like I said, I hinted at we have so much coming down the line, which we need a whole other podcast for, which I can't talk about. Uh, we have Actually, other potential. Uh, by the time this goes live, no, we have some other <laughs> we have some other potential brands, you know, that we're launching. Um, we have twelve stores going right now. We're looking to open a couple more. The stores. Even in this environment, retail is alive and thriving. And, you know, right now I'm super excited for what Carl's doing with the nutrition corners and that culture he's building uh, there and uh, how, you know, how well those stores are doing, even in what people think is a very difficult time. And then the TNC. Got it. So the next venture that we're working on is uh, Crush a Coliseum was a proof of concept. Um, our goal and, uh, Carl will be my partner in, uh, the gyms is we are going to expand the nutrition corner brand into the training corner brand where we have a small nutrition corner, but a really nice badass gym called the training corner. Uh, we're looking to open our first location in the Newport news area, um, as a, another proof of concept. And then we further that by, you know, we'll see how that goes. And then we go off of that, but. Uh, we're super excited about the potential future gyms that we're going to be doing. Yet something else created uh, when the the world was probably telling you to not do anything. Um, you know, it's funny. During COVID, it was one of my most exciting times of running the Nutrition Corners because it was my goal was to never have a red month. So in accounting terms, that is never to have a month where we actually lose money. So we're... And we did that. Now, in, in March of 2020, we didn't make much money, but we didn't lose money. Yeah. And we kept everyone employed. We gave paychecks to our managers who were stuck on the other side of the country. We made sure that everyone was getting paid even when we didn't have to pay them. Um, and so that's something that I'm really proud of that we did. And we got better. We rebranded Core during 2020 when every other brand was being very, very conservative. We launched over a hundred new SKUs in 2020, right? 
and we continue to put our foot on the gas there. So and was, we almost had Greenbrier open. It was slated to be open in 2020 at the very end. Didn't open up till 2021, but you know we had that in the mix as well. And that, folks, is our story. And I just finished my cigar. I timed that perfectly. You did. Anything else you guys want to add? And I hope you got you can all see. And maybe you thought that was a boring story, and maybe that's what the way I like it. For us, it was definitely boring. The amount of memories we've made during that process. Um, we have stories of us visiting China and the Great Wall uh, because of our brands uh, that Patrick and I will share until our deathbed that I think <laughs> will never be able to be recreated. This, the dumb stuff I've done with Carl and the, the dumb stuff we continue to do with David. And that's part of this journey. And I think the key for it is, you know, as an entrepreneur is you have to find your clan, you know, your clan of people that you want to do things in, uh, do things with, do things in. <laughs> what am I talking about? Um, wait, hold on. Um, and that is what made this fun. So at this point in time, you know, the passion for creating really amazing supplements that I still use, like I love popping pills. I love, you know, taking my pre-workout well, every he's day. Gonna pull it off YouTube for that. Yeah. You know, like I, I love every aspect about creating new supplements and, um, and what we do. And I love, uh, people, how excited they get when they come to our gym and when they come into our stores and they wear our apparel and all that stuff. And sure there's companies out there that are, uh, maybe growing faster or are significantly bigger, but I am super proud of the team more importantly than anything else that we've accomplished is this team we've put together. Um, you know, and we, we, you know, in retail, you lose a lot of good people, um, constantly, but I still think we have just an amazing team, even on the retail side, um, that has taken us a while to get to, you know, managing 12 stores. And, you know, my goal in the next couple of years is to have 20, uh, very soon. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's been a journey and it's been our journey. And I hope you guys learned a little something through this process. I hope you learn where we get some more of our core values from and how this for us is not an overnight success. This is our story. Um, and I'm super proud of what we've been able to do here. Amen. Amen. Fired up. Anything else? You guys you guys have anything else to add? Aaron, POV, got anything else to add? Aaron's got a fun story too. Aaron's our videographer now. For the first year that he come back come stand behind us, Mary Poppins. Keep down. So, so everyone knows <laughs> bring, it. bring the umbrella. So he was another one that, you know, he was working a corporate job for Pepsi and he was just loved videography, did weddings, right? Like he was a videographer at Pat's wedding. And um, you know, he took the risk to, you know, he he pitched his job. I said that's too much money. <laughs> <laughs> There's a theme here. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> the, so, the funny thing is, like, when I started, like, my pitch was just, like, I pitched for one more dollar an hour, and I didn't get it. And it was just a dollar. It, it was just an hourly Too much rate. Money. No insurance. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone here has earned it. And, you know, through the years, I think they will vouch it you know, what they've earned, what they've earned. And I think they're, you know, also proud of the position they're in. But Aaron quit his corporate job to come on board. And for the first year he commuted about a year, he commuted, we made him part of the deal was we need a videographer, full-time media guy in house. And so he commuted from Raleigh, North Carolina to Northern Virginia every week, stayed in a hotel for like three nights a week and then went back home, filmed weddings on the weekend and then did it all over again, did it for a year. And then finally, when we moved down here, 
he moved in Mooresville so he could be here every day. So uh, there's a ton of people on our team. We don't want to like miss anybody. Yeah, we're missing. Right? I'm like Sam's got a really great story about you know uh, giving up her golden handcuffs to come on board and earn back. You know, she is director of the. I, She's the director of operations is her title, but essentially she's chief operating officer of this, yes. right? Uh, she's just had a baby four weeks ago, and she's already back, he's, he's back like in the office. He's six and a half, bro. Like he's, he's he's big, big, he's I don't know, boy. something like that. Yeah. So, but th- I just, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody else out, but Aaron was over there with his umbrella, so I just wanted to make right. him feel super awkward standing behind Dave, us. Dave and his balls. Dave's Dave balls and the story of Dave pitching his balls to us every day, you know, <laughs> like he's got a great story. Um, and how much he does for us now in terms of like formulation and for – helping me find gym equipment and like Dave will do whatever you ask him to do and he'll do it well. So like we have endless amount of stories. Tyler who worked for us for three weeks when we told him you're the warehouse manager and you're moving to North Carolina with us. And that was a struggle. He is a very conservative person. And I said, dude, just do it. And I could tell it. I could see the, the anxiety on his face. And finally he knew it was the right thing. And he made the journey with us. And I, I think, you know, he's got a really cool story that uh, he can share. So, like, there's just a ton of those uh, stories that we've been able to create. And, again, it goes back to the people that we're bringing along on this uh, crazy ride. And we can't, as a team, and I'm speaking to our team right now, you have a story within this story. Yes. Right? Know our story. Like, this is an important podcast for us all. Know this story. But then you have a story within the story and share that story. Have an impact. You know, you – you know, Tyler's overseeing a, a group of men in the warehouse. Um, so, like, his story is important to, to them, yeah. right? To then And all the individual managers who have their, you know, CSRs that work under them, you know, tell this story. Tell your story. Why, why are you even a manager at this store? Why do you care so much about the company? Tell that story right. and how that fits into this big picture. And so, you know, you one of the things you have to do as an entrepreneur, and we've learned this, we, weren't, we learned this to um, – there's a funny story about when we went to visit the first form guys. Oh yeah. Uh, That's a whole other, maybe that's a whole other podcast. And I made you guys drive 17 hours straight home after visiting with Andy and Sal for six hours. So shout out to them in the rate van, in the rate van. Yeah. So, um, you know, but it was, you know, one of the things we heard there was like, you have to continue to, you have to have storytellers and you have to have continue to tell your story. And you also have to continue to pitch your vision of what is the grander thing? What are the grander things that you're doing? What is the castle you're building? You're not just building, a wall, right? Like that was a great story that Andy said, which I might be worth saying here is that I remember when he was telling us the story of like, you need to tell your employees, you don't have them come to work and build a wall, right? You pay them $10 an hour to come lay brick. They're going to come to work the first day and the second day, by the third day, they're going to be tired. They're like, screw this. And we're just building a wall. But you tell them we're going to build a castle. And we're not only going to build a castle, we're going to build the biggest badass castle it's going to be sick there's going to be like trap doors and dragons and like that there was some f-bombs in there it was definitely this is andy telling the story this is and and like you got to tell them the castle they're bringing so that they come and when they're tired on that third day and the fourth day and the 40th day and the hundredth day and five years later you know when they're tired and might not want to come to work that day they understand they're part of a bigger plan and a bigger story because you guys are building a castle that will live forever um and so that's what we try to do every day here Love it. Man, there's a lot of nuggets in here, boy. That was a good podcast, ball. Yeah. How long? Uh, how, what's, that, what's the time on that? Uh, as long, I hope we hit record. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, what hey, Aaron, you're fired. Wouldn't that have sucked? <laughs> Did you put a card in here? Okay, just checking. Golly. We're going to need another cigar and another energy drink if that's the case. All right, guys. You guys good with this? 
We're, we're wrapping it up. All right, guys, we appreciate you. Hope you enjoyed our story. Until next time, keep crushing it.